I would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on Jar Jar Wurrung country. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this land and acknowledge leaders and elders past, present and future. Thank you. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Soul Care Bendigo's podcast, Naked. I'm your host, Gail Wilson, and together we will go through a series of storytelling, conversations and strategies about leaning into life's lessons, the good, the bad and the downright painful, as we journey back to ourselves and back to our intuition. Through the lens of witness and reflection, we will work our way through a series of raw, stripped-back, relatable topics and personal experiences. There will be laughter, tears and the occasional swear word because, hey, life is too short to hold back. So come along with me on this journey and let's talk life. You can follow and subscribe to Soul Care Bendigo's Naked to get notifications for upcoming episodes as they land in your space. So lend me your ears and your heart as we go through this journey together. Hello, hello, Solis, and welcome to another episode of Soul Care Bendigo's podcast, Naked. And with a title like today's title, who the fuck does she think she is? I'm guessing that you came here for something pretty juicy, but all is not as it seems. Today, I want to discuss about the different gales that live inside of me. There's three. Well, actually, let's be honest, there is probably a lot more than that, but today we'll just focus on these three. So woman number one inside of Gail, she is a powerhouse. She is a force to be reckoned with and she does not give a shit that she's a mother of three kids. She doesn't care that I've got accountability. She doesn't care that I have obligation to my husband's plumbing company. She does not care. She is a big picture thinker. She's got these crazy dreams of TED Talks and book launches and retreats in faraway magical places. This woman will make shit happen. She is the dreamer, she is the realist, and she is the go-getter, and she doesn't give a shit about anything else. She's driven, she's focused, she's unstoppable. Who the fuck does she think she is? Seriously. She's kind of inconvenient, she's kind of a pain in my ass. But she's there, and she's loud, and she's got ideas. Did I tell you about her ideas? They're endless. The list is endless of her ideas. And you know what she doesn't like? She doesn't like excuses. She doesn't really like sick kids. Hell, she ain't got time for none of that normal, mundane, human stuff that consumes our life. No way. She doesn't play ball that way. And she's wealth. She's abundance. She's all of those things. Now, gale number two. This one is the dreamer. This is the one that chases waterfalls. This is the one that sits and sings at the top of a mountain. And this is the one who wants to pack up her caravan and go touring around Australia and forget about everything in life and just live this gypsy-free kind of pagan existence. And she's, you know, poor. (laughs) She's poor as anything. But she's wealthy in other ways. And she'll chop some hair in some caravan parks and she'll make it work because that's what she does. She doesn't care. She'll pull her kids out of school and she'll close up the shop and she'll just go and she sees the value in slowing down and she sees the value of being in nature and she sees the value in disconnecting and unplugging from this too busy, too crazy world. Who the fuck does she think she is? 
you got to make money. You got to have an income. We all need security. She's annoying too. And then there's the third Gail. And she loves being a mum to her babes. She loves movie time on the couch. She loves watching them splash around in the pool. She's happy to do her simple job that she's done for 24 years. She's settled. She's grounded. She's organized. She's functioning. And life is nice with that way. It's loving and it's nice. But the other two gales find this one kind of boring. Not in the relationships that she has. She's just happy. She's settled. So how do I balance these three people? How do I find this connection to myself to honor all the parts of me? You could imagine what being married to me would be like. It's super fun. It's super energetic. It's super busy. It's spontaneous. And it's hard to keep up with me. It is. It's hard to keep up with me. And I've got people in my house that I live with 24-7, and some of them are like me, and some of them are nothing like me. And so I'm kind of, you know, feeling this pull between these three essences of me. And if I make one succeed really well, then the other two of me are yearning to be heard, are yearning to be seen, yearning to be given the space. I think the only way I can satisfy all these parts and all these feelings and all these emotions and is, well, probably patience. Patience that I'm still young. There's plenty of time. There's many decades still to live. And I don't have to do it all now. I know that the most important thing is keeping connections up with people who I bring goodness to their life and they bring goodness to my life. Getting the balance of starting a new business and following this passion, this purpose that I feel, but not pushing it. Being open to the surrender of when a sick child comes up. And don't get me wrong, it it gets me cross that I get this brick wall up and I bang into it like I've never seen it before. And it's like, are you, do you not remember the last month that there was sickness in the house? Do you not remember the last time that something came up that you needed to be pulled in a different direction? And that's where I'm trying to find this balance. I'm trying to find how to make it happen. And it's probably exhausting for my husband because I'm always planning a holiday because that's the gypsy in me. She doesn't really like nine till five. In fact, I haven't done that since I've had my kids. I found that when I worked nine till five in the same job, in the same space, the powerhouse me was really satisfied. Like she loved it. She had control. She had order. She had a team. She had purpose, but the other parts of me were really unsettled. The maternal feminine part of me was really unsettled. There was this yearning to have children. And then also the gypsy part of me was really unsettled because I felt this real big blockage in not having the flexibility. So I was lucky I was able to keep my career, have my children and start a business from home, which meant more flexibility. Obviously, it's a regular income. But it it worked for us and it worked for me. And as they say, happy wife, happy life, I'm sure it worked out really well for my husband too because I wasn't away from the house so I could potter and get housework done in between doing clients while my kids were napping. It kind of worked and sometimes it didn't and I had to send text messages to clients to rearrange appointments or, you know, stuff around the house didn't get done. 
I've never once felt like a failure. And maybe because I don't see failure as a bad thing, like maybe other people do. It really drives my family insane, particularly the ones that are super competitive because they don't like losing, whereas I don't really see much value in winning, to be honest. My son's football club this year have had the roughest season I think they've ever had. They came off a grand final win. They were dominant last season and they've gone up a division and they've lost nearly every game by nearly 100 points. They won one and man, did they sing that song through all of their heart, through the depths of their belly. And I I was thinking there, singing, you know, they're still young. They only see value in winning. But when it switches, and I, I don't think I ever really saw value in winning, to be honest. I always used to look at my teammates as foreign creatures when we would play sports and we'd lose. And I never was one of those kids that saw that as my only value. Like I never really got emotional about it. It was just a shrug of my shoulders and a bit of a, well, I tried the best I could because I knew that I could always count on myself for that. I would always try the best I could. I would always, always go one step further to try and maybe beat myself better than last time. And sometimes that worked and sometimes I didn't. And that could be because maybe I was a bit burnt out or maybe I was a bit tired or I just wasn't really, really feeling it, but I never really was hard on myself. I've never really ever called myself nasty things because I don't see any problem with failure. In fact, I say to my son this season as he's come home after each footy match and he's thrown his helmet down and he's frustrated and mad and I said, I know this is really no value to you now, but man, if you could see the growth is in the loss. No one learns when they're winning. No one grows when they're winning. Not really. It takes hardship to crack, to find a way to evolve, find a way to pivot. It forces us. Now, for some people, they get trapped in their misery and their victim. But the one thing I do want to teach my children is see the value in losing. See the value in the hardship. See the value in the grief. For it teaches something about ourselves that is far more profound than what the scoreboard says. And again, to a 13-year-old, and 11-year-old who are just disappointed, I get that. But I want them to see there's more value than just the winning. There's more growth. There's more to be learned. And it's like when we, you know, take a job that's harder than we probably think we're capable of or we decide to join a division that challenges us because the growth is in the challenge. The growth is in the failure. And so because I got that from a really young age, I don't know how, it just was just there. When I lost in life, I didn't really feel like I was any, ever losing anything because there was something to be gained from it. And I hope that this somehow can create an ointment on my children's pains that I have to do the same for the go-getter in me. I have to apply the same theory. I have to apply the same appeasement that when I look at my, you know, last month, for example, I looked at my calendar of appointments that were available. And part of me was going, oh God, people aren't really booking in. But then I looked at my calendar and I'm like, well, hang on. I've got to take this day off for a dance competition at Horsham. I've got to take this day off because my son broke a bone and I had to be home. And that's where I really have to work hard on my breath work because that first girl, the one who ain't got no time for that, the one who gets furious when something gets in her way and something gets in her way when she feels like she's got a divine purpose to do that's bigger than a broken bone or that's bigger than a cold or a sniffle. 
she gets cross. She gets angry, really angry. It ain't pretty. And I have to gently kind of console her. I have to say, your time will come, your time will come. In the scheme of life, this is such a small, small hiccup. And sometimes she'll go, but, 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 what about me? What about my time? What about, what about all the things I wanted to do? Ah, yes, but you're not first. And you're a long time off being first. So then I know that her medicine is adventure. If I can't succeed, fine, fine. It'll, it'll go like this. Fine. If I can't succeed by having people booking in, then take me away somewhere. Take me to sit by a lake. Take me to look at some fireworks. Shove me in the caravan and take me somewhere. It's like, that's a good second. And when the go-getter is cross, she cannot be appeased by a movie on the couch because she doesn't want to be stagnant. She doesn't want to be still. There is an uprising in her. There's this like ball of lava that's making her body hotter and hotter and she doesn't want to be touched. She doesn't want to be held. She just needs to explode. And maybe that's when it's the best time for orgasm because that's its own explosion. That's its own pent-up release that just gets to let go. Hmm. I think I just had an epiphany, folks. And my epiphany is this. This is where it is so important to figure out your values. And your values are kind of like the mottos that feed your heart and your soul and then make you live a purpose-filled life that amongst the chaos of getting pulled and pushed between all these different essences of yourself, you know you have a consistent personal brand, a consistent personal value that matter who you are, in which character, whether it's powerhouse me, whether it's traveler me, or whether it's mother me, the values in each of those all align. That way I don't feel so much angst as I have to shift between them constantly. I can not only survive, but I can thrive in these three different versions of myself because we have a connecting theme. My values for me is enthusiasm, sincerity, and fun. The enthusiasm is the powerhouse me. The fun is the adventurer me. And sincerity is the maternal me. I want to work sincerely, I want to love sincerely, and I want to adventure sincerely. I want to work with enthusiasm, I want to have fun with enthusiasm, and I want to parent with enthusiasm. See where I'm going with this? What are your three common values across the board of no matter who pops up or what hat you need to wear that day, what is your consistency? And so for me, when I feel this brick wall, when I feel this frustration, I know there's some work to be done on am I living out my values? Because only does this dark come up when there's a little bit of work to be done. And equally, I say thank you for the dark because it shows me the work I need to do. It shows me that maybe I'm out of balance. It shows me that maybe I'm not living what I'm preaching. And I'm human like everybody else. I exist in a wellness center. I exist in a spiritual space, but I still sometimes get blocked by forgetting my connection and only living in the human essence of myself. And as I've mentioned in the past, I always go on the philosophy of, would this matter in the end? 
would this really matter in the end? This, my book not being full right now. Someone being sick right now. I do believe in divine timing and I know I can trust it. So if my book is empty and the powerhouse me is feeling frustrated, seeing only the value in the dollar, not the value in the space it's created, which comes through, like I said before, then there's an opportunity for adventure. Then I create an opportunity for a walk in nature and I get to appease the other parts of myself. We're really like this rolling ball. It's it's never going forwards always. It's never always going downhill. Sometimes it's swirling left to right. Sometimes it's going around in circles. But in the scheme of the long game, would this matter in the end? And so as I go through today, again, wearing multiple hats, when I feel the rearing up of one part of me, I need to have a conversation with myself. Why is this coming through so powerfully? What am I not fulfilling in my values that's making this one want to scream and explode? And so I want to leave you with a little pocket rocket reflection. This is a verse that I heard recently at a funeral of someone who was dearly loved. And I want to say it to you all because I know sometimes you feel held back, frustrated, like you haven't committed or done something that you thought you would do. And in the end, it's really not that big a deal. And here it goes like this. It's not what you got, but what you gave. It's not what you learned, but what you taught. It's not your success, but your compassion. It will matter not how many people you knew. It will matter who you inspired by your example and who will feel a lasting loss when you are gone. What will matter is not your memories, but the memories that live on in those that loved you. It is not that you leave such a legacy that won't happen just by accident. It comes through free will, a matter of choice, of living with courage, to make not just yours, but every life better and matter. Thank you for listening today. And always, I appreciate your hearts and your ears. I hope this gives you a chance to settle, breathe and settle. That's what I wish for you. Thank you. And that's all for today, folks. As always, thank you for letting me your ears and your hearts. I feel so grateful and blessed to be able to share these stories with you and bring us together as a community. This is Gail Wilson, and this is Soul Care Bendigo's podcast, Naked. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so that you get notifications on the next episode as it lands. Take care and just be kind to yourself.